What's up, you guys? Jalen with E2 the podcast here, and we are back coming at you um, with a new episode. And today, just disclaimer: we will be talking, are critiquing the Democratic Party, and not only the Democratic Party but the Republican Party as well. But specifically the Democratic Party, because today we're going to be talking about something special, uh, something very important, and something that's really, even though it's very important, that's not really talked about, you know, in this Democratic primary. And that's basically the black vote. Um, Considering that the black vote is at least, uh, I think, 25% of the Democratic electorate, it's pretty important to talk about this. And um, I feel like it's very important to talk about this because when you look at the numbers uh, and you look at Hillary Clinton's loss in 2016, You know, one statistic really stands out, and that's, you know, how, and that's the black vote. And so today we're going to talk about, you know, how the black vote not wasn't completely absent, but went down just by a couple field margins, and that really cost Hillary Clinton the election. So if that cost Hillary Clinton the election, which which was black turnout, um, then what can we do to ensure that black people turn out for the Democratic candidate in November 2020? For this, I'm not going to really focus on, you know, the Democratic primary, but um, I will I will focus on, you know, just solely what black people, you know, want. Um, so I'm going to be using some t- statistics from uh, demos and um, the black uh, census um, and... So we can go ahead and get started. So before we start connecting the dots, let's look through some statistics. Um, In 2012, the black vote uh, was at a powerful 67%. Um, So uh, this was an enormous well, not a ginormous, but in 2008, you had a 63 percentile of black people vote. So this was a steady increase. Um, but in the 2016 less, uh, election, you had uh, from 67 percent of black people who voted in the 2012 election, you had only 59 percent of black people who voted in the 2016 election. Um, and. So basically, that's a 10-point margin decrease. Not exactly, but if you were to, most poll uh, uh, pollists would just round that up, you'll see that that's a 10-point margin, bro. Um, these aren't field margins. These aren't just, you know, a 2% decrease of people. Uh, no, it's it, 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 that's not it at all. It's not, you know just a, a field, uh, a minute decrease uh, in voting. No, it, it was a, a whole, a, a 10, damn near 10-point margin. And when people people can, by looking at, at that, you'll say, well, I mean, a lot of people didn't want to vote because it was a lesser two evils. No, black people didn't want to vote because it was a lesser two evils. If you look at every other race, though, they did not change in their statistics <clears throat> at all. Uh, matter of fact, when you look at non-Hispanic white people, they voted 64% in the in 2012 election, 64% in the 2012 election, and in the 2016 election, they voted 65%. Uh, 
Um, so when you when you gauge this, you see that no, it, it wasn't really just a thing of turnout because turnout was actually expected to be overall higher um, than in 2012, which those are field margins, you know, how um, high, you know, the turnout was, period. Those are field margins. But when you really dissect the statistics, the only demographic of people who kind of opted out of voting in 2016 were black people. Um, and then this is really when you really start looking at the fact that that was the the black vote decreased by a 10% margin right and then you have the democratic party and in the democratic party black people make up 24% of the electorate <laughs> that was 14% of the electorate who was just like ah i'm good if you were to correlate those statistics and so you see that the only number that really dropped off were black people so from that, do we blame black people? No, <laughs> we don't. Of course, we don't blame black people, um, because when you look at and you, uh, polls of and views of black people, they incred they still incredibly lean left. So it it wasn't this thing to where like Trump grabbed some black people from Hillary Clinton. No, um, matter of fact, when we actually get into the party statistics, you'll see that. Republicans have no chance of ever garnishing a black vote. So when you when you understand that the only problem with why black people didn't vote in 2016 is because the Democrats put up a very, very poor candidate. But before we get into the party statistics, I also want to get into some age statistics. Uh, when you look at, you know, uh, black people dropping off in, in voting. You got to also just look at, you know, the normal age statistics to where like older people normally vote more. And the Democratic Party is in, increasingly and in starting in 2016 increasingly was a party that was dependent on the youth vote. Because if you look at the electoral map uh, for uh, people who were just millennials um, from the ages of, I think, 21 to 25, you, you'll see that it was all blue. It was probably like one red state, but it was all blue. So millennials, for the majority of millennials, they were voting blue. And so, but the, just because the majority of millennials that are voting are voting blue, it doesn't really move the needle on propensity when you don't have a lot of millennials voting. And for instance, um, when you look at 2016, uh, people sit 65 and older, 65 and older voted at a 70 percentile. Uh, people from 45 to 64 voted at a 66 percentile. People from 30 to 44 voted at a 59 percentile. And, and look at this. People who are 18 years old from 18 to 29 only voted at a 46 percentile. So less than half of the country's millennials, because that's 18 to 29, a Less than half than the country's millennials actually participated in the election. So, you know, when you really look at all these statistics put together, you can say that, you know, yeah, young black millennials didn't vote at all. And so after we look at the statistics, we, we observe why. Because the thing is, is that 
if the Democrats want to win, they have to be able to get at least 20% of that 25% of Democratic, um, of, of that black vote that's a part of the Democratic electorate to win, to, to promise a win. So when you look at that, you see the overall percent of, of, of black vote, of the black vote percentage was only 13% out of, you know, you know, when you put it together with, you know, all other demographics. So if it, it, it's only 13% already, that means we have to run these numbers up when it comes to courting the black vote. But that's the problem. Over time, increasingly, the Democratic Party has done a terrible terrible job of courting the black vote. When you look at statistics done by the Black Census, which is um uh, uh, which is a project led by uh, Eliza Garza, who's also uh, um, ahead of or uh, one of the founders of Black Lives Matter. And when you look at statistics, you see that 60% of black people are Democrats, 2% of black people are Republicans, and uh, 6% of people identify with other parties, and 25%, around a quarter of black Americans, identify as independent. Now, when we look at the Democrat and Republican number, it's not really surprising. Um... There's a majority of dem- black Democrats, and there's like a very small number of black Republicans. But when you look at the 25% of independents, that's what we have to really focus on. Because these are the people that are normally apolitical, independent, and don't really have the drive to get it get out into any election, you know. Basically, being a black independent is saying that both parties are corrupt, and you know, if I want to vote for somebody, I'm gonna choose, and and I'm gonna vote for them. But you know, I'm I, I I don't feel inclined to vote for Hillary Clinton, so I'm not gonna vote for Hillary Clinton. That, that's basically what people said, and so what you start to see though, because the black census also matched up their net favorability of the Democrats and Republicans. So even though 60% of black people are Democrats and only 2% of black people are Republicans. When you look at the net favorability of both, both, both parties, uh, according to the, with the same study, the black census, you'll see that Democrats only have a 43% net favorability. So that means less than half of black people are actually satisfied with the Democratic Party, even though more than half of black people are actually Democrats. So if 60% of black people that were, uh, you know, surveyed, if 60% of black people are part of the Democratic Party, why in the hell do they only have a 43% net favorability? And... Oh, yeah, and by the way, Republicans have a negative 67 net, net favorability. Uh, so he's like, again, there's no way the Republican Party could even get the black vote at this point. Definitely with Donald Trump. Um, but uh, with uh, the Dems, they only have 43 percent. 
But when you look at the NAACP, the NAACP, according to black people, has a net favorability over 60%. So what, what have we done to get here? Well, it, this is where I start connecting the dots um, before I uh, say some more statistics. But this is where I start connecting the dots. Me, personally, I feel like Hillary Clinton ran a terrible campaign. And, you know, that kind of contributed contribute to it as well. But, you know, we all just have to kind of come to the consistency that we kind of voted for Obama because he was black. <laughs> and... When we understand that, if we can kind of get a bigger picture of this. And look, I do not mean that in a chauvinist way. Because with, with black people, the, the black vote isn't chauvinist. Actually, to be honest, when you look at historical evidence in past elections, you'll see that the black vote is actually the least confident vote out of any demographic. What do I mean? Well, in two, 2008, um, as some of you may know this, um, before the Iowa caucuses, Obama polled terribly. <laughs> Definitely versus, you know, head, headliner or, uh, yeah, headliner Hillary Clinton at the time. So he was really an underdog. And he was polling terrible because the black vote was like, uh, well, he, there's no way he could win. No way he could win. And at that point, Obama just wasn't selling his message right. So when Obama fuck around and win the Iowa caucus and all these white people voted for him. Tell me why after that <laughs> he sweeps the rest of the election. <laughs> and so he, he ends up becoming the presidential nom. Because that's because at first the black the black vote was not confident in Obama. The black vote was like, okay, there's no way this could person could win. You know, we had Revan Al Sharpen <laughs> ass who tried to do this shit, and we had, you know, Tracy Jackson, ass who tried to do this shit, so there's no way this, you know, light-skinned guy, this light-skinned skinny guy is gonna become president, he won that Iowa caucus, black people was like, oh shit, he can win this shit, let's go, <laughs> and so that's where most of his votes came from, now, in this, in, in 2020, I said 2020, 2020, that's a long year, uh, the, the, a long time for now. <laughs> but, but anyway, in 2020, we're faced with a better situation because at the beginning of the election, it's not dependent on super delegates. So what happened in 2016, where Hillary Clinton was able to have this super head start on Bernie because of super delegates and because the DNC rigged the election for Hillary Clinton. Bernie Sanders was in a very bad position. Now we're in a better position because superdelegates are not starting off the caucuses this year. Now we do, we still have, you know, superdelegates participating in the election. But this way, it's fair because you don't have candidates with enormous head starts. Um, definitely candidates like Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, who are definite frontrunners. You know, you want, you know, some, some of the underdogs and insurgent candidates to at least have a chance. Um, and another example of the black vote not being chauvinist is with 2020. <laughs> we have uh, two prominent black politicians, actually congressmen, you know, senators who are running for the spot, just like Obama, 
but they are polling at less than single digits. Out of Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, Kamala Harris is probably doing way better. But Cory Booker is like polling at 3 or 2%. And even when he polls, it's surprisingly because you can understand that he's only polling because it is so mind-boggling because even though he's polling, he has no base. Same thing with Kamala. Now, well, Kamala has a stronger galvanized base than Cory Booker, but Cory Booker has no base. And he's polling better than people like Tosi Gabbard, who has a base. Um, uh, some polls, he's, he polls better than Pete Buttigieg. And so it's like the black vote isn't 100% behind people like Cory Booker or Kamala Harris. So the black vote isn't chauvinist. It's just the black vote is practical, number one, very pragmatic, illy pragmatic, I would have to say that. And the black vote is not only illy pragmatic, but it's very passionate when they understand that they don't have to think with that practical mindset. What do I mean? When you look at the candidacy right now in 2020, you see only two people who have the vote of black support, and that's Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. Joe Biden coming in first. Now, even though Bernie statistically has better a better platform for people who actually, for black people, for, for actual black people, Biden is somewhat always that default vote. Why? It's absolutely because Barack Obama. Absolutely because Barack Obama. Black people say, okay, well, he was president under black, under Biden. So he has to be, he, he, he has to be good. And, and, it's, and, and, and to be honest, it's not even that. It's the fact to where like a lot of black people, they'll say that, look, we can't do radical revolution to the system. We tried that and it didn't work. You know, we elected a black man and it didn't work. After that, we got Trump. So, so black people have this ill, pragmatic sense that's really brainwashed into them by the Democratic establishment. Because, again, the Democratic Party feels the same way. They literally, there's people in the Democratic Party who literally feel that Hillary Clinton's campaign was too left. And that's why she lost. <laughs> like, what the fuck? She was like the most center candidate Ever. So it's just like, you know, just because she leaned more left at the time than Obama was running in 2008, that's what y'all are talking about. But no, Hillary Clinton was not leaning left at all. And like you see that she wasn't leaning left at all because she was she did not cover the issues that black people. She did not make black people feel secure about the issues that they go through every single day. Basically, she did not convince black people enough that a I'm about to solve your problems. And so now you, what you see with Biden is you see a because a, 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 when, when you see the people who support Biden versus Bernie. It's an older demographic of black people. It's this sister Shirley, you know, who goes to church, who, who ties every Sunday, you know, who has been just voting Democrat all her life. And she sees, you know, 
where we're headed. And so she watches CNN, right? And she watches watches it watches MSNBC, where people just gloat about Biden's uh, and praise Biden's electability for being this, you know, for the working class and for unions, and you know, being for the Rust Belt. And so, what they always what what they always try to say is that you know that Rust Belt only person that's gonna get that Rust Belt is a moderate. No, only person that's gonna get that Rust Belt is a, a populist. And that's why Trump got that Rust Belt. <laughs> because he was like, even though Trump was a fake populist, he got that Rust Belt by saying, look, we're going to focus on your job. Simultaneously, while Hillary Clinton was just saying, no, we're going to s- destroy your jobs. She literally told that to coal miners. Now, look, at the end of the day, was she right in her, in, in, in her, uh, in her intentions? Was she right in her intentions? Absolutely. Because, you know, we have to... You know, right now, America is 70% dependent on fossil fuels. So we have to, you know, and, and, and even in 2016, we had, I would have said something along the lines of, hey, bro, um, we're going to get rid of your jobs, but we're going to transition you to better ones. So you don't have to worry about the air quality or your health. But anyway, she didn't do that. She just said, uh. So it's like, even though Trump didn't do what I said, at least Trump was like, wasn't like, okay, we're going to take, we're not going to take it. At least Trump was saying, we're not going to take your jobs and we're going to protect your jobs. But Hillary Clinton just went, ran a, a, a terrible campaign. So when it came down to the issues, because when you out here saying, you know, When you out here embracing the cultural left like Hillary Clinton did, you know, she had performances with Beyonce, Jay-Z, and shit like that. And when you're just, you know, out here, you know, you know, she had this very, you know, cultural left centrist campaign, you know, it, it it's going to already turn off people from the Rust Belt because it's like, okay, so all you care about is, you know, the liberal agenda and you don't care about working class jobs. There were polls literally after the election that showed that Bernie won against Trump in all of those states, including Michigan and Pennsylvania, you know, in Wisconsin. He won in those states. And then there's polls right now that show him beating Trump in those same states. But but what happened? Like, what was... What because it's like people confused by the basis like wait a minute so how can Bernie even though he's more left on the on the spectrum court Trump supporters all right all right I basically court the voters who voted for Trump to vote for him are the are the people who voted for Obama and, and voted for Trump to again vote for Democratic Party being him how how will he well how is he ever able to do that easily he focuses on the issues <laughs> uh. uh Bernie Sanders is an issue-based candidate through and through. He focuses on the issues. And so when we're talking about the black vote, we have to talk about what are the black issues of our time. And going back to the black census, you see that our economic issues are basically Bernie's whole platform. (laughs) But it's like I don't want want to make this a Bernie nut hug session, so I'm 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 gonna stop. 
But um, when you just look at these statistics from the Black Census Bureau, 85% of black people say they have a problem with low wages and they, have, and, and, and they can't afford to live off of these low wages. 77% of black people say that they, have, they lack the ability to afford adequate health care. 77%. 77% of black people also say um, th- like they can't afford college at all. So they, they can say that you know, college is so expensive that you know, I, I can't afford the degree. 77% of black people. And check this out, 77% of black people said again that they lack the ability to have adequate housing, meaning that due to things like zoning and redlining and red districting, red districting, you see black people who have an inability to actually you know, have affordable housing. And you see this in black inner communities all over, even especially in Port Arthur, where you know, you, we have, you know, um, a lot of people who don't uh, buy homes but rent. So, because people can't afford housing. And then, again, according to the S&P Home Index, you see that uh, that basically the price of uh, the average house has surpassed wages by three times. <laughs> three fucking times. And then, 87% of black people said that the government should help people who can't afford a house. 87 per, 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 87% of people, 87% of black people, excuse me, said that the government should help people with affordable housing. 87% of black people. 90% of black people said it's the government's responsibility to ensure that we have affordable health care. 90%. And then 86% of black people, 86% of black people said that the government needs to address the racial and economic wealth gaps in our country. So, okay, like, if we're just looking at all this, a, a quick overview. I know you guys are just probably sick and tired of hearing just random regurgitated numbers by now. But when we look at these numbers, 85% of black people say that they can't, they, that, that they, they aren't living off of a livable wage. 77% of black people said that they don't, they don't have adequate health care. 77% of black people also say that high college, the high college cost makes it hard to afford college. And 77% of black people say that um, they lack the ability to afford adequate housing. And when you look at their solutions or what they feel like a Democrat platform should be, 87% of people say it's the government's responsibility to provide affordable housing. 87% of black people. And 90% of black people said it's the government's responsibility to ensure we have affordable health care. And 86% of black people say the government must address the racial and economic wealth gaps. Now, okay. Uh, this is big because... Uh, my bad, I was just writing something else on the board. But this is pretty big because 
the fact that Biden and Bernie has the largest pool of black voters, you you see how uh, these elections are not being decided on by ideology. You see that. You see that, you know, CNN, CNN, MSNBC, the Democratic Party, they have always taught their party to vote practical or this sense of practical that they want. They always taught their party, okay, vote central right, but we, we as long as you vote like central right, we're going to be culturally for you. We're going to be for you culturally. So it's like we're going to have this platform to where it's going to be pro-black, 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 pro-black. But when we get in the office, we're not going to do anything that's pro-black. And we're just going to move the needle on one issue. And that's health care. Man. Look. I do not want to make this a race issue because it's not. But again, when you understand that that black people make up 25% of the Democratic electorate and you see that a lot of black people are voting with this type of tact to where like, oh, we just have to be Trump. But their issues are not, we just have to be Trump. That's not their issues. Their issues are the fact that they have low wages and they can't afford to fucking live. Are the fact that they don't have adequate health care and that, that they have our medical debt or they have college debt, student loans, or they can't afford housing. That this is what black people are focused on. But mainstream media in the Democratic Party has just done such a great job of court of of, of perverting that and say, okay, well, we feel you on that, we feel you on that. But we got to beat Trump. And they instill that into black people. And then that's just what black people feel. And, and so that's just what black people roll with. Because, again, if we go by these statistics, every black person is voting for Bernie Sanders. If we would orchestrate a black uh, agenda. Because I'm not done with the statistics yet. I, oh, no. Because when you observe... Economics, that's one thing. But when you observe actual social issues, come on, man. Okay, 60% of people say body counts on police officers should should be mandated uh, to every federally. Body counts on police officers should be mandated federally. 60% of black people. Um, 49% of black people said more police officers coming from black and other minority communities. Um, 50%, 51% of black people said having police officers live in a community where they work is more beneficial. And 73% of black people said holding police officers accountable for their misconduct. So you have an overwhelming, popu- po- uh, overwhelming population of black people who believe in adequate criminal justice reform that is not only tailored towards uh, police brutality, but just the whole criminal justice system. So when you look at the whole criminal justice system, who wants to do that? Bernie Sanders. Now, I, I know a, a lot of people are like every candidate is vying for a criminal justice reform. Um, shit, Trump even passed the First Step Act 
Yes. Okay. Now we notice the problem. And that's great. When we always notice the problem and when the problem always becomes like non-controversial anymore, it's like people think it's solved. Like, no, no, it's, it's, like, it's like the same thing with healthcare. It's like, that, it's not controversial anymore. To uh, Now we all understand that, yeah, we, we kind of need to, it's kind of up to the government to ensure that people have affordable or free access to healthcare. But that's not it. And that's what people, that's what the Democratic Party try to do. Just, they try to say, oh, yeah, we, we're there. You know, <laughs> we, we could get affordable just with a public option. And so you, you see the same thing when it comes to black social issues with the Democratic Party. When you're talking about comprehensive criminal justice reform, it has to meet some criteria first. And these are the main criteria. Legalize weed, end <laughs> uh, cash bail, and those are some of the two main focal points. Two main focal points. And, and, and I'm going to even add another one, decriminalize all drugs, for me, personally. Um, so when you take all this into the account uh, of, a, of a strong criminal justice system, um, also to end for-profit prisons, which are only around like 12% now, to end the for-profit motive in locking people up, to end that, to completely end that. And to exonerate people and, and to give people clemency. Now, when we're talking about comprehensive criminal justice reform, we, you have some candidates, like Cory Booker, who has a real good plan, and you have people like Kamala Harris, who kind of just like took Bernie's plan and copied and pasted. But when you're talking about the front runners, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, and Bernie Sanders, there's only one person with a comprehensive criminal justice reform plan, and that's Bernie Sanders. When you understand the legalizing weed part, Joe Biden doesn't even believe in legalizing weed. <laughs> he, he doesn't even believe that. And, 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 and for any criminal justice advocate, you have to understand that that's the number one, that's one of the top issues when it comes to any criminal justice reform. When understand that the DEA locks up more people for weed arrests than cocaine and narcotics combined, you understand that, oh, well, maybe we can like really go down on the criminal population if we stop locking up nonviolent drug, drug offenders. So, yes, when, when, when you're talking about front runners and when you're talking about people who want to actually legalize weed in cash bail, uh, implement education, higher education system uh, into the federal, federal prison system, mind you, that's what Joe Biden stripped in the 1993 crime bill, 1994 crime bill. He stripped, he, he made it harder for inmates to get higher education, um, Bernie wants to change that. Now, of course, people are like, why are you bringing up the crime bill? Biden has changed his stance, stances you know, since then. And yes, he has, but he has not moved further enough. It's like we, we can't even have the talk with him. Like Andrew Yang just came out saying that he wanted to decriminalize all drugs. You can't even have that talk with Biden because... He doesn't even want to decriminalize. He he doesn't even want to legalize weed. 
Now, he, he does want to decriminalize the substance, but that just means people aren't going to get locked up for it. So you still have people paying fines and still have people having to go through the judicial process just because of a basic civil liberty um, and something that's not a criminal offense. So Biden is in retrograde. <laughs> so it's like when we look at all these issues again, though, and when you understand that over 80 percent of black people went to federally legalize marijuana. And when you understand over 73% of people want comprehensive criminal justice reform where cops are held accountable. And when you understand that 90% of black people feel that it's up to the government to ensure that we have affordable or free access to health care. Or it's in 87% of black people say that it's up to the government to provide housing. It's like Bernie literally has a housing for all plan. That, that in the plan... It bans, it federally bans zoning. It federally bans zoning, which was implemented by the FHA. So it's like, it, it federally bans that shit. So it, not only Bernie is, that, that's liberal deregulation right there. So, you know, all my libertarians should be excited for that. You know, and, you know, he's implementing rent control so people don't have to worry about not being able to afford their houses. He has a housing for all plan. And over 87% of the people, 87% of black people say it's up to the government to, to provide uh, adequate, affordable housing. And then when, when, when you're talking about tax, taxing the rich, over 53% of black people feel like in order to pay for government programs, we should tax the rich. Who wants to tax the rich? Not Joe Biden. And then, you know, I, I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, you know, Elizabeth Sanders. I said Elizabeth Sanders, bro. Oh, my God. Uh, shit. Fuck. <laughs> uh, but people are going to be like, what about Elizabeth Warren? She wants to do the same thing. Yes. But the thing is about with Elizabeth Warren, a lot of her numbers are highballed. And with her wealth tax, she is not going to accumulate more money at the most money as, you know, Bernie is going to do. Because Bernie wants to increase the estate tax as well. While adding, you know, and uh, while adding spe Wall Street speculation taxes. And so and then when you observe this wealth tax, it just came out today that, you know, do, under Bernie's wealth tax, we will get $9 billion from Jeff Bezos. $9 billion. Jeff Bezos will be taxed $9 billion. And, and, and crazy part is, he'll be taxed $9 billion and he would still be a billionaire, a multi-billionaire. <laughs> so it, 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 it's like when you look at the black issues that are polled very highly, who, that, that, you know, all these are like, around astounding numbers for polling numbers. Like, when you look at America um, in general around, uh, well, when you look at the Democratic Party, around like 70 to 75% of people believe in Medicare for all. When you look at the country in general, around 60 to 62% of people believe in Medicare for all. And when you look at the country, you know, uh, widely, uh, broadly, meaning nationally, Around like uh, uh, 58 to 60% of people believe in free college. 
So, yes, those numbers are high percentages, but they're like barely, you know, uh, over half of people who believe that way. When you look at this, the majority of black people believe that we should have free college. The majority of people feel like we should have affordable housing. And the majority of people feel like we should have affordable health care. Now, I know a lot of people are also thinking, well, the affordable health care thing, Biden is kind of, you know, supporting that. He is, in a way, supporting that. And he is, you know, uh, you know, because the public option is still better than the status quo. And yeah, yeah, and I, and I totally agree with that. But the, the, he, even Biden's option is still going to leave people uninsured. And then when when you see it's gonna leave people un, uninsured, and you you see that Biden is basically just wants the same fight that Obama tried eight years ago, is like, okay, how about this? Fuck trying to do your public option to where like I still have to pay money. How about we just have a Medicare for all system to where the American taxpayer pays for it and. I have no out-of-pocket cost. Oh, and not only we're going to do that Medicare for all for for you, but we're going to eliminate all medical debt, which over 66% of the country has. Over 66% Americans have medical debt. And Bernie wants to get rid of all of it. And he has solid ways to pay for it for these things. Speculation tax, wealth taxes, estate taxes, uh, Wall Street. Yeah, like I said, the speculation Wall Street tax, bump stock taxes. When, when This is making up a social democracy, making sure that the top percentage of people are given back into the, to their society and not hoarding their money, monies in their banks. Because that's all rich people do with money. Like, that's why it's, it's bad for rich people to get money and it's better for middle class people and working class people to get money. Because rich people only hoard things. Like, they only save. That's what rich people do. They're just going to save that shit. Because it's like, okay, what, I'm going to spend $9 billion today? <laughs> like, no, I'm going to save that shit for my, for my inheritance. And, 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 and really looking at it, if we're talking about taxing people, we also got to think about inherit, inheritance taxes, too. But I know that's a little left. <laughs> that, that's a little left. But I, I believe inher, inheritance taxes. Like, if your, your kid didn't work for that fucking $9 billion, so she's going to have to give some of that shit up. <laughs> but anyway, I feel like I'm straying off the conversation. But, yeah, when you look at these issues, you see that... Only really one and one candidate is covering all these things, bro, and that's Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders has a better wealth tax than Elizabeth Warren. Joe Biden doesn't even have a comprehensive criminal justice reform plan because he doesn't believe in legalizing weed. So we, you stop there. <laughs> we we stop there. Uh, you know, so it's like you can ask any prominent criminal justice reform advocate cut 50 from reform and it's like you'll understand that no like comprehensive justice like reform criminal justice reform is definitely legalizing weed and decriminalizing all you know drug substances or drugs period so but 
you know, Joe Biden is not focused on that. Um, but again, even if you don't want it, just so I, just for the sake of it not sounding, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of nut hugging Bernie. Um, other people who have great criminal justice reform uh, plans are also uh, Cory Booker. He has a really good criminal justice reform plan, and um, he does believe in legalizing weed. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else who has a. I, I already said Andre, Andrew Yang uh, believes in decriminalizing all drugs. Um, uh, but besides that, really comprehensively Bernie has the best the best social democratic plan and and you know when when you're thinking about these issues that black people had and are upheld highly you know when you look at these issues these are all social democratic platforms our democratic socialist platforms making sure people got you know the wages enough wages to live and that's social democrat platform making sure a healthcare is a human right so you don't even have to worry about out of pocket costs so you don't have to even worry about putting in a check when you go to the hospital or that check coming in your mail that's so that that's a social democracy bro um having free college which most black people agree with that's social democracy bro <laughs> All all this stuff is social democracy. So it's like the black vote has for a while now been social democratic. And that's why black people have always sticked with the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party has always fed that bait to them or to us. Now, I'm not saying that we we are on a plantation and we're just dumb and we just vote Democrat because that's the way for black people. No, that's not the case. Black people, that there's a reason why 60% of people are Democrats versus 2% of people are Republicans. Um, and, and that's because the Democratic Party, outside of all of this, is uh, we do share a kin ideology with them. So it's like, you know, and they were the ones advocating for the things like health care, you know, uh, wage increases, you know. And it's just the fact that Democrats aren't able to get it done. And that's why, you know, the net favorability for Democrats in the black community is only at 43%, you know, it's only at 43% because, you know, they feel like the Democratic Party couldn't execute and perform like they should have. So now a lot of the same issues black people had in 2008, they have now. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, housing, that, like, that's not a new thing. We've been having a housing crisis this whole 21st century. <laughs> like, this whole 21st century, we, we've been having a housing crisis. Like, it's like people have been not able to afford their houses. Um, when you talk about health care, this has been a thing going on. Like, you know, these aren't new issues brought to the forefront. But it's just only one party is focused on these progressive ideas, and that's Democrats. Now, even when the Democratic Party... You have to, we have to, black people have to understand that the Democratic Party is still center left, you know. So it's like we still have to push them further into a social democracy if we really want, as black people, to accomplish all these things. Um, but again, I understand black people are not a monolith. Um, that's why you have 
25% of the people, 25% of black people who claim to be independent. Um, and you have 6% of people who, uh, uh, 6% of black people who are for third parties like um, the Green Party and the Libertarian Party. But when you, even when you observe these independents, the, the, the surveys like, don't change. Like, you know, <laughs> most of these independent, black independents are independently left. Then it's like, they lean so left. It's like, they was like, I hate the Democratic Party because I'm left. Like, I'm a leftist. Like, you know, so it's, it, it's not always, I think a lot of people think, you know, independence is automatically centered. You know, no, that's that's centrism. That's not independent. Independent just means I'm, I'm I'd rather not, you know, support either party. But most of these black independents who have these same concerns are just disenfranchised so much that they became disgusted by the process. So the only way to get these black independents to become black Democrats again is if the Democratic Party advocated for a social democracy. This was a very long-winded episode. Um, So... I, I thank you guys for tuning in and staying, you know, and keeping up this far. But what I, I just wanted to end it off on this note. Um, I want people to remember that even though I did this episode over the black vote, I, w- I want people to remember this important fact that black people are not a monolith. Right. And, and you know, not to sound like Candace Owens, um, but black people are not, you know, black people have different ideas. But I feel like for black people, I feel like we see that more culturally, a more cultural division than an actual socio-political division. Um, because even with these statistics, we see that, you know, there's really no socio-political division in the black community. There's only this cultural division. And with that, you know, it's up to the cultural left to rid black people of this black conservatism because, you know... It, 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 it's it's going it, to, it, it's just troubling because with the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party has been lacking in so many areas, bro. So it's like, not only have they been lacking in, you know, socio-political terms, as in, you know, achieving their agenda of whatever their agenda might be, uh, you know, like, basically, I mean, achieving things like, you know, uh, uh, minimum wages, a high, uh, uh, up in the minimum wage to $15 an hour, um, making the college affordable or uh, free, uh, having a free access to health care, you know, still being in this housing crisis, you know, the Democrats have done nothing for that. So it's like black people are like, damn. So it's like they just become disgusted by the process. But, you know, I will say is that we're not a monolith. You know, people think differently and people think different intact but as black people we all we we go through the same things bro um i'm not gonna say we go through the exact same things um but we go through the same things so you know you know this can't be ignored these high numbers for these social issues that democratic socialists and social democrats advocate for So all I'm saying is for the black community is like, you know, I don't know a black, the black agenda um, or, you know, what who black people should vote for. 
but I know what black people should vote for. And um, and that's a 15 million, uh, somebody that's advocating for a 15 minimum, do- a minimum uh, wage. Um, somebody that's advocating for free health care. Somebody that's advocating for free affordable college, free college. Somebody that's um, advocating to relieve us of our medical debt. Uh, somebody who's advocating for affordable housing. And um, somebody who's advocating for comprehensive criminal justice reform. And that's the thing. With all of these things, all of these things have to be complete structural changes. Not just tidbits to the system to where like, oh, well, we're just going to put a little grant right there. Put a little loan right there. Now college is affordable. No, we have to completely, you know, restructure the system. Free community college everywhere. Free public college everywhere. Free health care. Because this is how we're going to really take the pressure off of people's black backs. Definitely in the inner black communities. So I really just made this episode because I've seen a lot of people lately trying to court black people into this certain direction of, you know, who they should vote for. And I'm like, don't do that. Because, again, black people are not a monolith. And, you know, I only say Sanders because, again, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but I'm telling you what to vote for. And if, you know, Sanders just fills all those categories, <laughs> then Bernie Sanders just fills all those categories. But um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, again, if you like the episode, uh, um, favorite the podcast so you can get uh, weekly notifications for it anytime we uh, release new episodes. And uh, also follow us on E2 the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah, that's really about it. And um. If you have any questions or suggestions, hit me up. If you want to be on the podcast yourself, please hit me up. Um, This has been Jalen Gasper, and thank you guys so much for staying this long with me because this was a very, very long episode. But peace.